Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. 502. Starting 502. The Starting 502 podcast powered by the state of Louisville. All right, we get back for another edition of the Starting 502 Podcast. My name is Preston Meyer. Alongside me, I have my co-host, Nick Connor. And for the first time in the history of Louisville basketball, first ever Louisville basketball post-game podcast. Nick, how are we doing, buddy? I am feeling fantastic. I watched a team that's named the Thoroughbreds play the Louisville Cardinals. That's fantastic. In the state of Kentucky, we got basketball back. Floor still looks good. Arena was a bit empty, but we can get there. Just excited to be here. The Thoroughbreds came in and uh, they did not perform like Thoroughbreds would or should. And it seemed like Louisville was kind of the the team who performed uh, in that manner more so. Uh, let, let's get started right off the bat. What is the most impressive thing that you saw? The spacing, specifically in the first half. Chris Mack talked about it in his postgame presser. R- said there was excellent sp- spacing in the first half. You saw in the first half. The choices we've talked about when it comes to Ross McMahon's offense, you saw early offense, early good shooting, quality looks. You saw early threes, early perimeter looks, and you saw two-man, three-man games immediately once we got over half, once we got past half court. That's what I need to see. That's what I wanted to see, and we saw it early. When we got the rebound, we got the outlet pass, pass two guys in the corner, one guy in the middle, at the bottom of the post, and we got right into the offense. There were some lazy possessions there. Second half was a little bit of a different story, but loved to see the basics of the offense look completely different. And of course, having that many dudes in the game that fast was was one of the major takeaways as well. I mean, the, the most important thing, the most positive thing that I saw tonight 
uh, was this team has an identity. Um, and I, I think that we've struggled to see that uh, during the Chris Mack era. I think that Chris Mack kind of came in as a guy who was more of an offensive-minded coach, but he played a really, a really solid defense as well. Um, very tough, very tough-minded. I think that's what you think of when you think of Chris Mack teams is kind of, um, you know, kind of brash, kind of bold, kind of that uh, Biggie-style play uh, that, that we saw at Xavier. Uh, we saw flashes of that with Dwayne Sutton, Malik Williams, uh, a little bit uh, in, in years past, but we really haven't seen a team uh, that embodied what uh, Chris Mack exemplifies. Um, I, I think that we are starting to see that a little bit, and they're finding their identity um, in, in the offense, uh, and that's leading to great defensive possessions. Um, we saw that there's kind of those, I don't want to say, I don't want to get into the old Calipari platoon thing, but there, there are, they're rotating bodies in and out like crazy, like, like you indicated. 10, 11, 12 guys deep, uh, and that's with with two guys that, that are injured right now. Um, so it, it's it's really it was really impressive for me to see. Uh, I was excited. I actually, I'll go through a little bit. I wrote down just like a few words for each player. So we'll, we'll go over that real fast. Will Reddington style. So here we go. Off the top of my head, Jalen Withers, best player, hungry, leader. Samuel Williamson, work to do, scores in bunches, best rebounder, pound for pound on a team. L. Ellis, reckless abandon, fearless, Russ Smith-esque. Jared West, vocal leader, Unreal on-ball defense finisher. Noah Locke, heady, pure stroke, stable, hard to get used to the arc on his shot. If you see it in person, you would understand what I was talking about. Uh, Malik Williams, dependable, so aggressive on defense and on the boards. Good to see back. Dre Davis, body is improved. I don't know if you noticed that on TV. Different player, shot better, confident, exclamation point. Mason Faulkner, up at TBD. Uh, Sidney Curry, way faster than I thought, more than a dunker. Matt Cross, try him, go ahead. JJ Trainer, odd man out. Matt James, sweet scooter. Uh, other thoughts that I had: the scoreboard rocks. Um, if you visit the KFC Yum Center this year, you're going to see a noticeable improvement in just the game overall. Just because you're going to be able to see everything that's going on at all times, no matter where you're sitting. So I think that's a huge improvement. New horn sucks. I hope they fix the horn. Uh, they replace the horn with the new scoreboards, and it sounds like the NCAA tournament. I hate it. I miss Sean Moth. Love the new guy, but I miss Sean Moth. Light crowd. That was expected. Uh, other stuff that stands out, I think somebody asked this on Twitter, who's the guy? Um, I think it's up for grabs, but uh, early candidates, um, Malik Williams, Jalen Weathers, Jared West. I think those are, if, you, if you're looking across the lineup, those are the three guys that stand out to me right away as the guy. So if, if we're going down to the last uh, three, four minutes of the game, uh, crucial possessions, you know, one, two possession game, uh, I, I think Jared West is a guy, as of right now, that I, I would want to have the ball in his hands and I would want to, to run the offense through uh, Jalen Weathers. And on the defensive end, uh, West Weston Williams, uh, it's going to be hard to keep those two off the, off the floor on the defensive end. Uh, they were really active on defense and, and, and Withers to an extent. Uh, I think those are the three best players right now. Those are the three most complete players. Uh, there's a lot of potential with, with other guys, but uh, I liked what I saw from the three W's. Uh, what, what about yourself? We'll go ahead, and answer, go, ahead and, go ahead and answer that Twitter question. I'll grab who asked that real fast. But who, who do you think is the guy right now on this team? Or who do you think, I think it has to I think it will be Jalen Withers. I think right now it's Jared West. And I think what I mean by that is Jared West is the leader right now. He's the captain. He's a co-captain with Malik Williams. He's running the show. I mean, we we were running some full court pressure, not just him within inside the first three minutes before the first TV timeout. We were running full court press. I about fell over and, and restarted my stream watching Chris Mack do that. But yeah, right, right. It's got Jared West. I mean, in your face, and there was a there was a question to L. Ellis and the presser as well. The post game about not having to play against Jared West for once, 
and he they kind of laughed it off. But to be honest, he's a dog on defense. We knew that. They've been saying that that all time leading steal guy at Marshall. That's what he's known for. He's going to be in your face. He always digging at the ball. I liked what I saw from him. He ran the show pretty well. I think I didn't get to see as much from him as I would have liked to. I mean, that's kind of the theme of an exhibition. Nobody played more than 23 minutes. Noah Locke led the way. But I'd love to see him run the offense for 30 minutes a night and see what that looks like. But I'd like to also see Noah Locke shoot the ball for 30 minutes a night because, man, he was lining it up tonight. And, and nothing seemed like too bad of a look. And I think that's the key here. One of my big takeaways from the offense was there there weren't very many contested looks that we were taking. And if we were taking anything early in the shot clock, it was a good look. Now, were we weak inside 20 times this game? Absolutely. We had a lot of bunnies that we missed. Sam, Sam, for example, dropped three or four or five in the lane. I mean, we, we got to get much better there. We'll get beat up by much, much better opponents if that happens. But if we have the ability to get into that early offense with West, with Locke, and then have Withers coming downhill off the screen, he showed again that ability to do the step back three. I mean, we saw Dre shoot the ball well. As My big takeaway was, I still want to know who's going to get these minutes. I mean, that's just really where I'm at. I have no clue. And I don't know that Chris Mack does either. And that might be a really good thing for this bunch. Yeah, I, There's I, I a lot of dudes. There, there are worse problems to have because I think last year the, the storyline was the exact opposite. It was like, okay, well, there's literally nobody else to go to. Uh, we're going to play these two guards 35, 40 minutes every game. Um, we don't have any centers. So <laughs> sorry if you're a three or four, you're playing a center now. Uh, so it, it's a completely different story this year. There, there's just an embarrassment of riches on this team. The, the question, who is the guy that came from Ivy League, Trav, uh, who ironically his at is not Ivy Trav, one uh, on, on Twitter. So uh, shout out to Ivy League, Trav, for that question. But uh, who is going to be the guy on this team? I, I think that that's a great question. I think that's a question that um, I hope that ultimately we'll be able to answer. But for, for right now, I'm, I'm totally okay with, with, with not having that answer. Um, I, I think that from everything that we've heard um, and, and, and from what um, we kind of expected going even back to March or April, uh, I think that Mason Faulkner is going to have some kind of say uh, in, in what this lineup looks like. Didn't really get a chance to showcase his skill set. Probably the outside of JJ Trainer, probably the only guy that we really didn't get to see a lot of tonight. Um, so he, I, took, I think, he took one shot and it was a really bad shot at the end yeah, of the shot clock. Yeah, that, that, that's correct. Um, so, so I'm, I'm hoping that we get a little bit, a uh, little bit more Mason Faulkner also had somebody, uh, we got is six, five Oh eight. He asked, uh, where's Gabe? Is he injured? Yes, he is injured. He's out, uh, I believe three to four weeks with a uh, wrist injury. Uh, here we go. We baby Harrison rice seven says who ends the year as point, uh, Falk Ellis or West. Um, I, I think we kind of covered that a little bit, but I think that uh, as of right now, from everything that I've seen, everything that I've heard, everything that we, that we know, uh, I, I feel like. Uh, Jared West is probably going to be the guy starting the game for now, and I think he's going to be the point guard ending the game. I mean, you could have three, you could have three guards in, in, in the game to end games, you know, if they're down and trying to make a comeback or uh, trying to generate some turnovers, something like that. We could see some lineups like that. Uh, but but I, I think that, that West is going to be the go-to guy. I think that's the guy that I want with the ball in his hands because he turns the ball over the least and he causes the most turnovers. Uh, he's the best. He's going to be one of the top two or three passers on the team. Um, he knows how to run the offense. He's the best vocal leader on the team. Uh, a lot of, a lot of assets that go with, with West's game. Additionally, he's a great three point shooter. So I, I, I'm, I'm really impressed with what we've seen from Jared West. What do you think? 
Yeah, I think it's Jared's West show to lose, quite frankly. I mean, I think he's going to be trusted to be the guy at least until we get to conference play, especially with, that, with Mac being out for the first six. I think we, we saw flashes of L. Ellis. Um, the, sh- the outside shooting would be the concern for me. And he is undersized. You know, we've had that be successful in this program for a long time, an undersized one or two. But the good news is we don't have to play any of these guys together, at least not right now. Um, Faulkner's a little bit, got a little bit more size to him, but I think it's Jared's West, Jared West show for now. Um, and then I think we go from there. I th- he, he goes on to ask about some of the more uh, add-on guys, Williamson, Curry, Davis, or trainer. So I'll get into that part. I think, I think JJ, that's what we got to talk about. JJ did not play enough minutes tonight. And JJ still balled out. I mean, he, he had five and 10 minutes. Um, and one board. I mean, there was there wasn't a whole lot to get there at the end, but JJ's still a dude. And if you look at some of the advanced um, statistics from last year, JJ when JJ was on the floor, our plus minus was much higher. When JJ was on the floor, we got offensive rebounds at a much higher rate. Our spacing was better when JJ was on the floor, and he he's put some weight on. And I know we've we've had issues with that in the offseason as well, but the dude can rebound. And we gotta have guys on the floor who can rebound consistently, put people on the back on their backsides and get the board. And he is so good five feet and in that just so much finesse in his game. And he can get up and down the floor. But all that to say, I think it'll be JJ from that group. I think the beauty of this roster is Dre will pop off and have a 15 to 20 point game. I think Trainer will do that a few times as well. I think Sam will do that as well. I mean, Sam had 13 and 21 tonight. And like you mentioned at the top, it was all in a bunch. He had a lot of turnovers, maybe mistakes, quite frankly. He had a lot of deflections himself, the ball going out of bounds. But once he got in his rhythm, once he stopped dribbling the ball too much, he got he got what he wanted there at the end of the game. And he's got the talent, right? We've, we've talked a lot about it. We, some, pe- some people in Cardination don't want to talk about it, but it's time for him to develop. I think it's going to happen. And it may be bits and pieces. This may not be 35 minutes a night. It doesn't have to be on this roster, and that's the good news. The good news is we're in year three of Sam Williamson and he doesn't have to play 35 minutes for us to be good. I think that's a good takeaway. Yeah, I think that's a great takeaway. And I think that Jeff hit the nail on the head that we might have to accept that Sam Williamson is going to be who he is. And that's totally fine. I think that he had those McDonald's all American expectations coming out of high school, out of high school when he entered the game as a freshman, I thought that he was really solid and, and impressive. And I think what he brings to the table is unique. I think that there's nobody on the team that can do what he does. He is the best pound for pound rebounder on the team, which I think is a massive asset that that is going to continue to get overlooked for the rest of his career. Uh, and he's just an elite mid-range player, an elite mid-range player. Like he just scores in bunches because whatever the defense starts giving them, and if he's in the game and sees that he can get into the lane, like he's going to shoot. I mean, I, I would have to take a look at the analytics here, but I mean, he's going to shoot like 70, 80% from like, from like five to 12 feet. Like he is just, he is just a dead eye shooter uh, from, from mid range. Uh, going back to the JJ trainer thing. Um, you know, I think initially the, the conversation started with, you know, who, who's going to get the minutes at the three and the four JJ trainer got most of his minutes tonight at the five. Um, and I, I think that Chris Mack kind of seemed to indicate this as well. Uh, it seems like he, he might be the backup center this year. And I, I know that, that we're going to get a lot of minutes for, it looks like Sydney Curry, I think the Gabe Witsnitzer is going to demand a little bit of time at least. Uh, just the way he runs the floor, I think that he's a good fit. 
with this team. But I, 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 I think that's ultimately the issue with JJ Trainer, right? Like you look at at a Matt Cross, like you can't keep Matt Cross off the floor. I, I know that you know he struggled in some areas tonight. You know, I mean, is he going to take? I don't know if he's going to take Samuel Williamson's minutes. I, I don't know if he. I definitely don't think he's going to take Dre Davis's minutes. I, I think that perhaps the best option is that is that he's a small ball five, uh, and will rotate in at the four when needed. Say Jalen Withers is you know, uh, you know, not on his game one night, or or that there's just a better looking matchup. I think that's who Jalen Withers is going to be this year. I like Jalen Withers' game a lot. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like I really feel that that he needs to find a, a, a better spot on this team. Uh, but right now he's the, he's the eleventh guy. I, I mean, if you, if you look at the way that he, he was the eleventh guy to come into the game, and, and when I was sitting down, you know, in, in weeks leading up to to um, the the opening games, I, I felt like that he was going to be the odd man out. You know, I think that there's two essentially five-man rotations, and that's essentially what they did in the second half, right? So they had the starting five, and by the uh, under-16 timeout, uh, they they had five different guys in. Uh, so it, it might not be a platoon. They might not go line up five guys on the sideline at once, and they all come in like a hockey lineup change, line change, whatever they call it in hockey. Uh, but but that's essentially what 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 they're doing right now. And I don't know if that's going to be that's going to be something that they continue. Uh, but but the one guy that's not rotated in uh, in those quote unquote hockey line changes is, is JJ Trainer. I just I just question the fit because what what is he right? I mean he's he's clearly I, in my opinion I think he's clearly a four. But with the with the pieces around him, I'm not sure that he fits the same way that these other guys do. And I think I think that's ultimately the issue. Now I think when when Jalen Withers isn't demanding 30 minutes a game. You know, if Jalen Withers continues on the trajectory that he's on, he's gone after this year, whether it be to the NBA or elsewhere. Um, I, I think that JJ Trainer's a potential starter going forward. Uh, but but when you have a guy that's going to be eating up 25, 28, 30 minutes a game in, in Jalen Withers, it's hard for me to foresee JJ Trainer being more than an eight to 10 minute a, a game kind of guy. Um, and, and that again, that's not, no fault of his own necessarily. I just that that's just kind of that's kind of where he sits on, on this roster right now. Uh, what what do you think he would have to do to to demand more minutes? Like what what do you think is missing from Trainer's game? I think it's the toughness. I think that's part of what Mac wants out of him. And I don't know if it's not he doesn't see it on film or he doesn't see it in practice. That's probably probably the most likely situation. Mm-hmm. But it seems like there are situations where he's not getting in the game because he wants somebody else. Who's, who, he, who he sees as more tough. But let's be clear here. Sydney had seven boards in 12 minutes tonight. It's pretty good. I mean, you can't you can't take the dude off the floor if he's going to do that. Right. And, and, and I, I saw you say this, but I, I firmly agree. I didn't know that that man can move his feet like that. He looked really good defensively. Yeah, I mean, and if, if, you he, look at, if you look at his highlights and you just listen to the hype around him, right, he's kind of like, he's seen as like how Montrez Harrell is seen as like a freshman like a guy that's like a back to the basket, close to the basket guy. He's just going to overpower you and dunk on you a lot. I mean, it's, we have we haven't seen much of that yet. It's been a lot of finesse around the basket, a lot of uh, not necessarily using his physicality, but using his athleticism to grab rebounds. And, and he gets up the floor quick. Like for a guy, I mean, he's he's a defensive end, is what he is. Like that's that's how that's how he runs and moves. Like he's just he's he's big and agile, like a college football defensive end. Is, is kind of the way that, that I look at his game. 
I, yeah, he's he's more like I, I I just like that comparison because he's like an outside rusher. Like he's not going to bully his way uh, in, into doing things like he like his body type, which this suggests, right? Like he's more agile than that, and I think that's great. I think that's even better uh, because you, you can that toughness, that tenacity that we talk about that we need to see from Williamson, Trainer, these other guys. That's that can be learned, um, but but you can't learn size. You can't learn six eight three hundred pounds. Yeah, I mean, I I think. I, I liked what I saw from Sid. I liked what I saw from the other bigs. Um, I, I mean, I still liked what I saw from JJ too. Um, I think the thing, I mean, obviously, as we've ta- alluded to, the lineup is going to look a lot different than this. And I think it's going to come down to situationally um, to uh, what team we're playing, our ability to self-scout, all those things that go into that. And we're going to see how Pegues can do that in the first six games, quite frankly. We're going to see, you know, who... Who is subbing in? Like I, there are multiple times, at least on the TV broadcast tonight, where it was clear that Ross was grabbing guys and getting them in the game. I, I'm interested to yep. see if that's what continues. That's what I thought was going to happen, but with Pegues running the show in a, in a couple weeks, is that what we're going to see? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that kind of uh, you know comes to fruition and, and get to see which guards which guards are getting the minutes uh, moving forward. I will say though, as far as biggest concerns from tonight. Um, 17 turnovers, um, a lot of in-the-lane moments where dropped balls, too many dribbles, dropped rebounds, all kinds of deflections, but not the good kind offensively, and free throws. 22 of 34 from the stripe. I don't care who we play the rest of the year. It's not That probably doesn't win the game. I mean, if we're right. playing anybody with decent – um, talent, you can't miss 12 free throws and expect to win a ball game. I can't tell you how many games we were in last year where we missed significant amounts of free throws and probably should have won the game for that reason. So that, that was a bit concerning. I mean, like a guy like Locke missing two in a row at one point, one of three when he got fouled the first time. I believe he was fouled twice from three. And then you got a guy like Ellis missing two, Sam missing two to end the game. I mean, or in the half, there were a lot of head scratching moments there where is is that just a loss of focus right is that when we're playing a team that has no business playing us is that what what happens and i think you saw that coming out of the locker room in the second half we did not look focused it looked like kentucky state had made some adjustments i mean they scored 15 in like the first five minutes and had already outscored themselves in the first half mm-hmm. uh, and that's going to happen in this kind of game and kentucky obviously was doing that down the road as well as they were playing an inferior opponent they obviously didn't play to their best potential tonight either. But I think the big thing is in an exhibition game like this, finding the keys, finding the good things, right? Finding the, oh, we got Noah Locke good looks um, in transition. Oh, we got Jalen Withers posted up or off of a screen in this situation. Or this X and O's offensively did work. I was also encouraged by the defense. I thought the defense looked pretty good. And again, it might be just be a wash because Kentucky State is nobody offensively and nobody in general. They, I mean, talk about having they had 12 new guys to their roster, according to the broadcast, 12. And the, and the head coach has one assistant coach. This is a D2 program that has two coaches. That's wild to me. But they're not they're a very inferior opponent. But all that to say, I liked what I saw defensively. I thought we were getting after it, especially in the first half. I thought that we did a really good job of just playing hard defense. And again, when you can go 11, 12 deep, and maybe it turns down to, you know, eight, nine or 10 as we get farther into the season, but still you can play hard when you're on the floor 
If I'm asking you for three minutes, I'm asking you to just give me the next TV timeout, and then you're going to get a blow. You can play much harder defense, and you can count on guys to get up and down the floor. And you can tell Ross McMaines is not just push it offensively. We got to play defense, or the or the whole thing does not work. I mean, everything that you just said. I mean, it's like you're you're inside my brain tonight, man. I mean. I was going to go into, you know, the, mo- the most concerning things to me, and I, I think it's it's threefold, and I think that you covered two of them. I think, number one, uh, to me, that was super concerning was this, just the shooting overall. I think they missed a lot of bunnies. They were very – there wasn't a lot of touch around the basket. Uh, that was an issue that, they, that we saw a lot last year. Again, super early exhibition, not super locked in, kind of a dress rehearsal situation. So take it for what it is. Uh, but not not great shooting, and then the free throw line was abysmal. I mean, look, if a team is going to foul you seven times in the first uh, six and a half, seven minutes, I mean, you're going to be – that that first half was was over an hour long, and it, it was just them going to the free throw line. It was, it was Louisville out-rebounding Kentucky State by a million, going to the free throw, free throw line over and over again and just not converting, uh, and you just you, that just cannot happen. Uh, regardless of the situation, they, they have to make more free throws. Uh, 64% from the line tonight, 65, I guess, 64.7. That That's not going to cut it. They need to get it over 70% from the free throw line, especially as a team that's going to kind of hang their hat on being a solid shooting team as, as they get more uh, closer to conference play. Shooting, what was the other concern that you had? Turnovers. Um, turnovers, 17 turnovers. I think that's a product of, of learning the new system. The fact that they were implementing the new system and not scared, that stuff's going to come. And, and, and the, the, the touch, uh, you know, uh, we both already talked about the touch around the basket, but uh, that also includes passing. A lot of the turnovers occurred uh, when, when, you know, players were setting each other up well uh, and then making a pass that was just simply too hard. Uh, I think we saw on multiple occasions Mason, Mason Faulkner made what was a good, the right pass. You know, he set up his guy correctly and made a good pass, but it was just way too hard. Uh, you, you ever play like a pickup game with with that guy that's just like just beaming the ball at you the, the whole time? I think I think everybody's played with that guy in a pickup game. I lived with him in college, man. What a there time! You, there you go. Well, well, your shout out to your former roomie. Um, yeah, don't don't be that guy. And I, I think that you know the the team will go back and, and look at the tape and and realize like you know, this is a game where they could have scored 130 points easily. I mean, they were they missed so many open shots, missed so many free throws, and, and turned the ball over in, in point blank situations. Um, they were also uh, Kentucky State. I don't know if you noticed this. They were leading the the game in block with like 18 minutes in. They had like six blocks, and Louisville had zero. Uh, so I mean, they had, that, that's, they had eight. Yeah, eight in the ball yeah, game. Eight, I mean, that's a lot eight, of blocks. Eight blocks total. I think Louisville had three blocks. I believe four. If, if, there you go. Four blocks. Um, I mean, <laughs> getting blocked eight times by a D D two team is not good. Uh, so I mean, that that's another you know kind of crucial thing, but I, I just, just overall the, the sloppiness of, of the game, I'm hoping, hoping to see that improve uh, just a little bit. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and then just going back to the, to the rotation situation, um, I, I would like to see Mason Wagner get, get a lot more involved uh, after, uh, I, I guess it was the kiss of death when Jeff Goodman came on and said, look, Mason Faulkner is going to be the best player on this team. <laughs> and then he comes in as zero points. So I, I don't think I don't think Mac had any intent to play Mason more than eleven minutes tonight. I yeah, mean, yeah, I just that, think that's, that's what that's what it was. That is a really good point as well. Uh, thoughts on the defense? I'd, I I completely echo your sentiments on the defense. 
especially in the first half. I mean, they allowed, uh, I think Kentucky State had scored eight points at the under four timeout. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but <laughs> that's pretty impressive regardless of who you're playing. If, if, if it was me, you, Jacob, Matt McGavick, and, and, and Mike Rutherford out on the court, like I feel like we'd be able to score eight points. I mean, maybe I'm totally wrong. They would probably score 200 points. But regardless, like but, we're gonna get the ball but, in the basket at some point. Like, and, but Matt McGavick can guard Sam Williamson. Yeah, there you that's go. That's what he said on. That's what he said on Twitter. What, that is that is the worst take of all time. Uh, we're gonna have to talk about that over beer sometime soon, Matt. Yeah, I mean that. I, I think we we could go we could go just from this one game. We could go into it for hours. But any last takeaways before we get out of here? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the big thing for me is don't read too much into it. It's hard not to when you only have a small sample size. Um, right. But as you said a few episodes ago, it takes some time to see what the strategy is, who's going to get minutes, what, you know, what we're actually going to look like here when we play a team like Michigan state or like Mississippi state or like Kentucky, we don't know yet. We'll get there. Um, And and the other thing is we got Chris Mack right now, and that's going to change here in a few days. And so it'll be interesting to see the shift that happens. Then I'm really interested to see developmental changes whether or not we see a guy like L. Ellis make a big jump when Chris Mack is gone, whether or not we see a guy like Mason Faulkner make a big jump with Chris Mack gone. Interested to see all those things. And, and quite frankly, I'm just interested to see more basketball. That's what I'm looking forward to. Um, I did want to get to one more listener question that I thought was super good. Um, let's see. Cameron Marks said, which former player does L. Ellis remind you of? Go with me here. Quan four, really good off the bounce initially and can get to the rim anytime he wants and Peyton Siva. I think it's a Peyton Siva for me. I see, I mean, a lot of people call it saying Russ Smith. It, it seems more like Peyton to me where he can get up into your grill. He can get past you at any moment, anytime that he wants to, but he's going to be a streaky shooter. Russ could fill it up every night. Russ, Russ could knock down open looks. Peyton, it, it depended on the night. That's, that's kind of where I would go. Where would you go with that question? As far as the comparisons go, I mean, I see. I I think the Russ Smith comparison is good because of the lack of consistency, right? Like like the the Russ Smith like madness was that, especially early on in his career, right? Was that he would make some crazy, amazing, wild play, and then the next play he would just do the stupidest thing you've ever seen. So I I think to an extent there's a little bit of that where I mean we saw tonight. The, probably the best play of the game was was where he drove into the lane, kind of jumped up where it looks like he didn't have anywhere to go and just made a perfect pass to, to Noah Locke, who, who knocked it down. Uh, I think we're going to see that, a lot of that this year. Um, I, I think you can see that play three, four times a game uh, where he you know just takes advantage of a, of a numbers game, essentially, and, and draws an extra defender. To me, I hate comparing anybody to Quan Four because... <laughs> Just because, like, I mean, but you can't tell me that that set we would come out in, where every other player that touched the ball on the initial screen would move right. Uh, we get the ball moving around the right side, and Quan would do a, a step fake right and come left, and he'd have an open layup that he'd miss. He did that against Kentucky. He did <laughs> He's that just against Quan another four, team. But he makes layups, but and he I, had I so remember. many good looks. I think it was the. Uh, I think it was the no, it was the Duke game. The Duke game where they got up by 23 and had the, the massive blown lead. Uh, they drew up that play. Uh, <laughs> and I can, I remember like, like fourth or fifth grade basketball. 
um, where I was like the shortest kid on the team. And my coach drew up a play three times in a row for me to get a wide up and layup. And I missed it three times in a row. I'll never forget that until the day I die. Um, but, but it was, that was the Quan four where, where they drew up the, this perfect play for him. And he just, just missed a point blank layup. We can get the Quan four stories all day, but um, I, I could see where you could say he was the Quan four, but, but making layups or, or having better finishes, I guess. But I, I think that was a t- the, the, I, the I'm Russ just Smith, saying first step. That's it. Just the first step off the dribble. That's it. The, Nothing the else. Russ, the Russ Smith, Peyton Siva comparisons, though, I like those because of his just ridiculous athletic ability. And I'm hoping that the the, the decision making is more like junior year Peyton Siva than than uh, than sophomore year Russ Smith. I'm I'm am way more excited about this team than I thought it'd be after just one exhibition. Just seeing that the team has already. Like their mantra is, is this pushing the ball, uh, and and it looks like, it very much looks like the coaching staff is still kind of disappointed with with their ability to push the ball up the floor. Like there are a few times where they got kind of lackadaisical, uh, didn't get the offense started right away. I I, I like I, I love that. I love we didn't really didn't get into the full court press that much. I love that. I love uh, the Jared West ninety four feet. Um, and everybody else gets back. Jared West kind of pressures the ball all the way up the court. I love that he defends so well without fouling. I love that. Like I, 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 I don't have enough great things to say about Jared West. I, I, I think that I don't know if he was the player of the game, but but he was the. I, I had the most takeaways about Jared West uh, com, com, coming out of that game. So I'm excited to see him for for you know 35, 40 games this season. So, but Nick, it's been fun. Can't wait to do this in a few more days and do it for the rest of the season. Um, Until next time, go Cards. That's right. Beat West Georgia.